Ezekiel chapter 40 and verse 4. Uh, you know, a, a preacher, uh, sometimes we have to understand, it, it seems like some preachers feel like that they have to take a simple issue and then make it complicated for it to go over. But I really feel like the calling of God is just the opposite of that. I feel like that God called us to take something complicated and make it simple. So I'm going to start out with a scripture here that is pretty controversial and uh, in fact, uh, I, I, I ran a few references and found out that a lot of people have differing opinions on this. I'll talk about it uh, in a little bit. But uh, Sister Allison, I'm just so happy to see you. <laughs> well, I'm, I, we, <laughs> Sister Allison, I have a like a little connection there with uh, uh, this crazy cousin that I used to have. He would mix up the language and the and the English, and he'd use wrong words. He would it wasn't what he intended. So it was just hilarious the way he would do it. And so I, I, I asked Sister, Car I asked her, sometimes I'll say, what in the carnation are you doing? <laughs> or how in the carnation, instead of what in the tarnation, or, you know, and so I, I could, I have a whole list of words and sayings that he did, and he's gone on now, but his, his memory lingers, and she chuckles and laughs when I do that. I can always make Sister Allison, she's a classy lady, and, and uh, so, so I just what I want to ask you, what in the Coronation, are you doing? <laughs> hey, he's the guy that told me that I need to come see his new office. He had just remodeled his office in his church, and he began to explain it to me. He said it had he just put nice flush carpet in it. And so, so anyway, it's good to see you and all the rest of you in the house of God. Ezekiel chapter forty, Amen. <clears throat> Verse number four. I'm just reading this one verse. I'm going to kind of talk about some other places, other areas, but there's a text, a whole passage here, but <clears throat> chapter four, uh, verse number four. Y'all there? Amen. And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears. By the way, this is a vision that Ezekiel had seen. He sees a man here, and this man begins to give him instructions. And set thine heart upon all that I shall show thee, for to the intent that I might show them unto thee art thou brought hither declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel or to the church amen amen God shows Ezekiel a vision of a man and not only just a man but the man had a measuring reed a reed was a stick a measuring stick that had notches on it measurements on it Seems like we're doing all right sometimes. It feels like we're doing all right until Brother Thompson, we put the measuring stick on us. Maybe we could say, you know, I thought that was all right right there until we put the level or the square. Like, whoa, you know, that's, that's what the Word of the Lord is a type of. It's a type of a level or a square or a, or a rule. And, and that's the whole purpose of looking into God's Word. That's that we compare our lives with what, what the Scripture has to say about. That's why we have the Ten Commandments: the Thou shalt not, Thou shalt not steal, Thou shalt not bear false witness, and all of these things. It even tells us, Amen, that who we're supposed to worship, Amen. And so that is our reed or our measuring stick, and we take it in our hand, and then we go from there. And so this, Ezekiel sees this man in his vision with a measuring reed. The man is measuring various areas in and around a temple, a place of worship. The breadth and the height of the building, the threshold of, of the gate, and then the porch, actually the gates had, had porches on them, a little stepping up places here. And so he measured the porch of the gate and the post thereof. Amen. And so had to get the measurements right. And so I want us to pray one more time so I won't mess this message up too bad. And, and now you're, I've been praying for you. Now I'd like for you to pray for me that you know what, you, you can have, and I told Chad back earlier, I said, I feel like I got a good thought, and I feel like I've got what God, now, God will do that to you, he'll just drop something on you, but then he'll leave it up to you as to how you present that, and how you say it, and of course, I teach the younger preachers here, I said, listen, you, you, you have to learn how to preach, not just the truth, but you have to learn how to say it in a way that somebody would want to listen. 
So, so it just doesn't have to be a, a pill to take. It doesn't just have to seem like you're coming here to take your spiritual medicine and then you're going to know. No, it can be enjoyable. You, you can actually, y'all know I, t- I talk about Gordon Mallory, one of the first times we had him, and he was like beating us up. And I didn't realize it because he makes those faces and he tells funny stuff in between. And I've been preaching and listening to preaching for a long time. And so sometimes things that need to be said and preached to us, there's a way to do it that won't just skin the hide off of us. And so in the middle of Gordon Mallory's message, it dawned on me, he's beating us up. But I, and I'm laughing. <laughs> so I don't know if I can do that or not, but I'm not trying to punish you, all right? Amen. Let's pray one more time for the blessings in the hand of the Lord upon the Word. Thank you, Jesus. God, for all of your people, Lord. God, you see every need in this house, every situation, every problem. God, our whole purpose, God, is to reach the people. Amen. Increase their faith. Amen. That that need might be met. Amen. In Jesus' name, we release the blessing. We release the power. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And I need your help, God. You may be seated. God bless you. Let let me just start out right now. Amen. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, from our text, chapter 40, to the end of the book is very, very difficult to understand. But you know, the Bible tells me that the Spirit of God, that's why that we are monotonous on receiving the baptism of the Spirit in this church. It's not that we're trying to out-spiritualize you and, and be better. That's not you because th- the reason is that we need the Spirit because the Bible said it will lead and guide us into all truth. Now, there's folks who've tried to read the Bible and, and tried to understand it and, and finally just come to a place and they're just in the middle saying, well, it's no use. Nobody can understand it. That's why there's so many different denominations and so many different reasons. Just give up on it. No, 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 no. Get your set. Pray and believe God until you are filled with the Spirit. And let me emphasize the word filled. Let me, listen, you can get a touch of the Spirit. You can get a little bit of the Holy Ghost. Yes, you can. Amen. You can get two or three goosebumps and you can know that there's a God. But there's a, and that's okay if you want to do that. But it's different. Amen. To get a touch of God and feel His blessing. And, and the hair stand on the back of your neck. Recognizing that there is a God Almighty. Amen. And being filled with the Spirit. Listen, when you get filled up with God, then there's no more room for anything else in you. Those of you that are torn, those of you that are pulled this direction and pulled that direction, you can't make it to church and and you got this going on in your life and that going on. Listen, 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 it's okay. I'm not here to preach against a bunch of stuff, but I'm telling you, you can have a little Holy Ghost in there and then you can have a whole bunch of other stuff that you're involved in and connected to in life. And you will always have a struggle. You will always have difficulties and problems in your life. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Your whole life, amen, is built around God, amen. Church becomes a place that's more, it's not just a place that's some nice place to go to once in a while. We use church for more than marriages and funerals and these kind of baby dedication. No, 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 it becomes a house of worship and a house of praise. I'm preaching a little bit right now, amen. And we can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm preaching to some folks that probably, amen, before this is all over with, amen, we won't just walk to the altar. We will run to the altar. Amen. We're hungry for God and thirsty for God, and we desire more of God. I usually use the, I usually use the you know, uh, story of my kids, and I've done it myself, uh, an analogy. And, you know, you see, you see the Kids, Jack does it. My grandson, he's the same way. Y'all pray for me. I need to take out a loan to feed him. Now, he's 15 and (laughs) have to mortgage that. You know, I tell my wife, it's just just his age. He's just 15. He's a bottomless pit. And so, but but when when he stands at the refrigerator, Brother Jay, and he's just like looking up in there. You know, I often tell him like, Jack, 
You know, shut the refrigerator. You know what I mean? Unless you want to get something out of there. But, but you know, he's like, looking. that's a habit. You know, I realize this, that he's not hungry. And then he looks in the top part. What do you look? I don't know. Just He's just looking. Let me tell you something. When you get, that's how people do at church. People come to the house of the Lord and they just kind of look in. They criticize this. Hey, listen, there's plenty to criticize around here. Amen. I understand that. Amen. But when you take an individual that's desperate, you take an individual that's been beat up by the world. They've been wounded. That's what the world will do to you. Amen. It'll hang you out to dry. Amen. Oh, I know about the good times. Young people, y'all need to listen to me. Amen. Listen, I know about the, the bright lights and the good times, and, but, but, but it's leading somewhere. It's going in a certain direction. Amen. It will beat you down. It will grind you into mud. And I see people, I've been doing this long enough to see people, I can spot them when they walk in, Brother Green. They done had a taste of the world. Amen. The world's done chewed on them a while. And they walk into the house. So you don't have to worry about offending anybody with your worship. You know, I've, been to, I've seen people over the years, of course, you see everything after a while. And you see people come to the altar. They pick you about who touches them. Oh, I would go to the altar. I don't know about it touching me. I'm uncomfortable about people praying. Listen, that's because you're just standing at the refrigerator just looking in. That's because you ain't hungry. When you get desperate for God, when you see what the world really is and what it really will do to you, and you see that the world is your enemy and not your friend, then it doesn't matter. You, you're like the woman with the issue of blood. You will make your way through the press and your attitude will be, if I could just touch his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. I don't care who touches me. Hallelujah. I've had to explain it so many years to various people when, you know, they, you know, they get touchy about who does what and they can hear this one. I say, you know what? I, and I go to bat for the church. I'm like, you know what? They're, they're excited about what you're doing and they want to help. And, you know, maybe it is a little, you know, nerve-wracking to people who are used to quiet church. I understand that. Amen. But when folks get hungry... When folks get thirsty, hallelujah, hallelujah. You get thirsty, you don't have to have the absolute best bottled water. You find you a stream somewhere. You found a, find a cow track after it's rained. If you're thirsty enough, you'll drink there. Because you're thirsty. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost today, y'all. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is, a, this is a difficult passage, obviously, for people to understand. But God has promised us that he would bless us and lead us and help us understand all these things. Some say this is a, this is a, a, a so Bible scholars, they just differ in opinion. And some say this is a description of the restored temple. In other words, I just gave you one scripture here, but, but if you went down... <clears throat> And don't do it now, but you read this passage of scripture. This guy began to measure things in the temple or in this temple. And but the, the difficulty is is knowing what temple it is and where it is and this kind of thing. But they people differ on the opinions of what they see and feel and, and being described. Uh, in this case, of course, it's the case of being measured. All right. But but uh, some say that this is a description of the restored temple that was complete. Uh, in the 6th century before Christ. That's an opinion, okay? And I take all of that in. I mean, you read, you can read commentaries and you look it up and I have books and computers and this kind of thing. Others believe that it was the temple that was built by Herod. And so it was a temple, the inside of a temple and of course some outside. Still others believe that it is the temple that may be built in the time of the millennium. That's the thousand years after the church is taken out of here. But the most common view and by the way, the one I believe is that what Ezekiel caught a glimpse of is the church. Caught a glimpse of the church. Now, if, if you know, uh, if we're correct, and it is the church, and I'm, a, I'm allowing the Spirit to, to lead us, not only me, but lead you too. Amen. Uh, if this is the church that God is showing Ezekiel in a spiritual vision, it's, it's really, really, really important for us to keep in mind that it's, it is not the church 
as it should be. <laughs> all right? But it is the church as it might be and may be. All right? The measuring reed can be very disturbing here. And we talked about it a little bit. The most disturbing aspect of this temple representing the church, if that is what it means, and I believe it personally, amen, uh, is that much of it, amen, though it was beautiful, it was ornately detailed, it was, it was, this is the part we got to take note of. It was small and it was narrow. Now, it was characterized by little windows, little chambers, and narrow hallways. Now, the gates were narrow, and the windows were narrow. Now, let's focus on the, on the narrow windows just a little bit here, if we will. Amen. Amen. What do they signify in Ezekiel's vision? I believe that, as always, there's nothing in the Bible that's there just to take up space. Whether you understand it or not, there is a reason that God allowed it in there. Holy men of God spake or wrote in that case, amen, as they were moved upon by the Spirit. And there again, that's a good reason why if you do not have the baptism of the Spirit, then doesn't it seem you know, sensible that in order to understand spiritual things, it would be better and easier if you were filled with the Spirit. That's why that we preach that spiritual things, that are being filled with the Spirit is not just some extra thing. It's not just some nice thing to do. Listen, I've, I've watched people testify about the, the baptism of the Spirit to people who didn't have the Spirit. And you know their response, oh, that's nice. Oh, that, oh, that's nice. No, 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 no. It's not just nice. It's essential. It's a have to. It's a must. That's how you have to look at it. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus came by night wondering what they should do. Listen, that's the cry of this world. What do we do next? People are in search of the right thing, the right way. And Jesus very clearly, amen, amen. In John, amen, he said, a man must be born. Everybody say must. must. I mean, it sounds pretty important. Jesus, he, he was asked a simple question, and he gave a simple, straightforward answer. You must be born again of water and spirit. The water represents the waters of baptism. The Spirit represents an altar somewhere where the Spirit comes, amen, and baptizes you, just like Acts chapter 2. That's what he was preaching about. I don't think it's hard to understand. Everybody needs to be born again, amen. The born again experience is the book of Acts chapter 2 experience. Read Acts chapter 2, amen. That's the first time it was poured out, and not only was it poured out, they asked, what shall we do, those that were around, and saw it happen, amen. And again, that was a very simple, straightforward question. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, Peter just had a simple, straightforward answer. Repent and be baptized. And notice how he said it. Every one of you, wasn't just for a few or church, no, no, no. Every one of you, and he told them how. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told them what for. Amen. For the remission of sins. And ye shall. After that. If you do those things. Ye shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The promise is unto you. And your children. That means the next generation. And all those are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall. Sounds pretty important to me. Amen. You keep hearing this throughout the word of the Lord. But let's focus on those narrow windows. That the, uh, that the prophet saw in his vision, the man with the, with the reed. I mean, what do they mean? What do they signify in Ezekiel's vision? First of all, those little windows do not distort the view. A little window does not distort the view. They restrict it or limit it, but they do not distort it. In other words, the part that you can see, Brother Johnson, you can see it clear, but you just can't see very much. 
I want these, I want to make a few points, amen, that hopefully they'll just stick with you. There may be somebody here that has had a glimpse, or maybe you're looking at something. You've seen somebody receive the baptism of the Spirit. Maybe you've seen, as Brother, uh, <clears throat> Brother Green was teaching, a demon cast out, taken authority of and cast out. You're looking at it, but maybe the window you're looking through is pretty small. I want to preach about that just a little bit. Amen. Little rooms with narrow windows. There's some significance here. Amen. I want to enlarge some things in my thinking. I want to build a bigger room. Amen. Because God is bigger. Amen. The Bible said heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Amen. Just to give you an idea of how large and how big God is. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 40 and 16, and there were narrow windows to the little chambers. Amen, and that's where I come up with my title. If you cannot see God as he really is, you may have a distorted view or a limited view of God. Hallelujah. Hateful and mean, quick to punish, and to remember iniquities, oh, this heavy-handed God, amen, amen. A fear of his exactness, I mean, he has to be, his demanding nature is the only facet of God that some of these folks can see if they're looking through a narrow window. Y'all hearing me? Amen. I know folks that have sold out, Brother Thompson. They go to church all the time, but all they can see is your faults and you're not you're not praying enough. You're not fasting enough. I hit myself that time. Amen. <laughs> You're not praying harder. You know, nothing is right. They see the exactness of God. Well, there is. I'm not, I'm not playing that down. Amen. But, but there's, there's another side of God. And, and, and if we get us a big enough window to look through, then we'll be able to see more of God than what we're We've been seeing folks that will judge you, that live for God, pay their tithes, wouldn't miss church for anything else, and then when you miss, they judge you because all they can preach to you is how hard God is and how heavy-handed he is, amen, and how he's going to punish the wicked. All that's in there. I'm understanding that. Amen, amen. But there's more. Others who view God through their little windows see him as lax and undemanding, and they see him as distant and uncaring. You know, and so you see both, you see the pendulum as it swings. The enemy doesn't care whether you live for God and fast till your belly button falls off and get so spiritual you can't hardly touch the ground. Or if you're liberal is all get out and everything's okay and grace covers it all and, you know, you can't ever be lost. Again. It doesn't matter what, he, what extreme. He just doesn't want you to get in the right place. Amen. Amen with God. And that's called a relationship with him. You become friends with God and he's your friend. And, amen. And he knows you and you know him. And, and, and so, you know, he doesn't want you to get there. He just wants to either way it'd be a distant place, amen, to be with God. And you wouldn't understand him, amen. It is, it is vitally important that we see God as he really is, folks. And that's what, again, that's what the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's what getting your head in the word of the Lord, soak your brain, amen, in the Holy Ghost and the word, amen, and these things will become clear. Not only they become clear, but you'll get excited about it. That was there. Here's how you look at it. That was there all the time. And I missed it. When the Spirit comes in, it's like washing the windshields. It's like, whoa, I can see. I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. There's nothing like an infilling of the Spirit of the Lord. How do you do that? You lift both hands to God and surrender. You repent before him. That's what the Bible said. You tell God how sorry you are. Amen. When you ask him to forgive you, guess what he does? He forgives. Hallelujah. 
Amen. He said a broken spirit, a contrite heart. No wise. He will in no wise. In other words, he just said, I can't. God cannot resist someone that is broken. Someone that is, that is truly sorry. Amen. That, that's why, you know, I learned how to repent early, years early on. And I still repent. I, I'm good at it. I do it every day. Somebody said, we just do that one time and then we never. No, 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 no. No, we mess up. We fall flat of our face. We say things that we shouldn't say. Listen, let me preach my old doctrine again. Listen, if we ever did, as some folks think that one day they just quit it all, everything's going to be right, and then they'll just be Mr. Perfect. If we ever got it all together, there would be no need to come to the altar. There'd be no need to come and worship. We'd all have it squared. But we don't have it squared away. We don't have victory over everything, so it keeps bringing us to church. It brings us to the altar of repentance. We lift our hands again in surrender and ask God to bless us, amen, in spite of us, and that's exactly what God does. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I got a lot of notes. I don't know if I got time. I'm going to be done by 1 o'clock. How about that? Kidding. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we need to know who he is, and you do that through the power of his spirit. Listen, he's not hateful or mean. He loves us, and he forgives us when we repent, and he lifts us when we are discouraged and strengthens us when we are weak. Who wouldn't want a friend like that? The Bible said he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. We know that Jesus is on our side and he will complete the work that he has begun in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in the midst of all of this, amen, we know that he expects our very best. When I'm preaching about his mercy and his grace, I'm not preaching for us to live in a slack way. I'm not preaching slouchy living. If we do this, we, we need to go ahead and do it. He does expect some things out of us. Amen. Amen. And so uh, he wants us to worship with all of our hearts. When it's time to preach, he wants us to preach truth and nothing less than the truth. He also wants holy, righteous, sober, godly people. So we need to work on ourselves. Don't let yourself off the hook too easy. He expects the best of us, but thank God he has put his best in us. We have help with this. We have the blessings of God promised to be with us. Listen, in the old castles, the old, I, I, I've not, I don't know if I've ever seen one, but I, I've seen pictures of the old ancient castles. They had narrow windows they were, these were very common in the old castle. There are a couple of reasons. I'm pretty sure there's more, but I want to give you a couple of reasons, amen, for these little windows, little narrow windows. The first reason is that the rooms were small. You can't put a big window in a small room. I mean, in other words, you can't put a picture window in a cubby hole. I mean, you go on over into the next room if you do that. No, no, no. You, if the room is small, then the, the window. Now, y'all stick with me. I know this may be crazy for some of y'all. Amen. And I'm using types and, uh, and, you know, things that we can see in type. Principles, maybe. Amen. So they had to put the window down a little bit smaller here. Amen. And so if, if the room is little, there's no room for a large window. I mean, if we can find ourselves, and I'm going to hop back and forth here, to small ideas, small dreams, then we narrow not only the, the world in which we live, but the world we see beyond our walls. We live in little rooms, and we look out narrow little windows at the world. We need to kick out some walls. We need bigger dreams, and we need higher goals for ourselves. Don't settle for less. If you're poor, don't feel like that you need to take a, a vow of poverty from now on. God promised that he could open up heaven and pour out a blessing. I want some faith to get in somebody's heart here. You can be a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
We need to see the opportunities of a world that is ripe for apostolic revival. You know what, Brother Green? Maybe we focus. I did it tonight. Maybe we focus on people who don't understand us and get nervous around us. You know what? And, and that is true. But maybe I need to change that focus, Sister Debbie. There's thousands and millions of people who can't wait to walk in a church. Some of you are right here. Amen. That walked in here. Amen. It said, this is no joke. This is the place I've been looking for all of my life. Maybe I need to preach to myself. This is it. I've been looking for this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Sure, there's going to be people, amen, who go the other way and say, those folks are crazy. Amen. You know, they've lost it. We've seen it all right now. <laughs> you know, listen, this, is, this, this has been the same forever. You know, on the day of Pentecost, the first time it was poured out, you had the mockers there. You had those that said, these men are drunk with new wine. They mocked them. And Peter said, these are not drunk as he supposed. Seeing it's but the third hour of the day, but this is that which the prophet Joel spoke about. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He talked about people prophesying, Brother Green. Amen. Good things taking place in the spirit that the carnal mind just doesn't get. That's always been. Amen. So we need to expand our thinking just a little bit. Amen. Knock out some walls and tear out those little windows. Amen. Where we can see things clearer. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. I believe every one of us are living in rooms that are too small cramped up little rooms it's the way we think I've been I'm poor and I'll I'm always be poor or one guy said I was born a Catholic I went to Catholic school I'll die a Catholic <laughs> I said God doesn't care what you are you just need the Holy Ghost you need to let me baptize you <laughs> they didn't baptize you right you can, you can be a Catholic from now on. Who cares? That's just a name tag. Who cares about that? It's important to some folks. And I guess it has some value to it. I just want to, you, you can be a Catholic if you want. You just need to let me lay my hands on you after you repent or when you repent. Amen. Receive the baptism of the Spirit like God said we have to do and have to have, and then I'll take you to the waters of baptism and put you down, amen, and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm doing this for the, and then you can be a Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, it doesn't matter. I don't think God cares. Hallelujah. Just do things right. Thank you, Jesus. Good preaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There's another reason for narrow windows. They were built in the old buildings for defensive reasons. Some of y'all jumped ahead of me. You knew where I was going. It, listen, it's harder to put an arrow or a spear through a little window than it is a big, wide, open window. That was, it made sense. They said, yeah, we got to defend ourselves from the enemy because they, sooner or later, it's a good chance we're going to be attacked. And so we're going to narrow these little windows down. And, uh, you know, and, you know. But the problem is, we may feel safer behind these narrow windows. But we'll be less effective in the battle. You know, if you want to stay on the defense all the time, you can hunker down somewhere. You can say, I went to a Pentecostal altar. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Thompson, amen, had a, had a committee meeting on outreach yesterday. Amen. You know, and maybe I'll just preach to some of us, all of us here. Amen. We'll just, we did all of that. We were baptized in Jesus' name. Now I'm just going to hold on to what I got because it's safer. Because if we get out and start knocking doors and we get out on the street and start witnessing to people, we might get hurt out there. So we're just going to stay in our little room and we'll take a peek out our little narrow window at the world once in a while. Y'all hearing me? 
Amen. But, but I think God is calling us to get off of the defensive team and say, you know what? We're going to go out where the enemy is and we're going to take it. We're going to take the battle to him. So, so I'm not staying in this cramped little room. Oh, yeah. Sure. There's a possibility of catching an arrow. There's a possibility of being hurt and wounded. Sure, nobody's doubting that. But, but we're in a battle, folks. We're in a war here. So, so it's no time to go hide away in your comfortable little room that's narrow and small and, and comfortable. Let's get out on the battlefield. Amen. And to do that, we got to get out of there. Maybe just kick some walls down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, know, I know when we break down our defenses, we, we, we run the risk of being hurt. We run the risk of being disappointed and being taken advantage of. Some of you right here have been hurt. You'll get hurt again if you go to the battlefield. But maybe it's more important for you just to stay safe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we refuse to wall ourselves in. Amen. Inside a little room of self-centeredness and selfishness and fear while there's a battle for the souls of men that's going on in this world every day. We have to tear down some walls. We have to broaden some windows. Y'all are, are quiet. Amen. Either y'all are getting this and listen to this. Amen. And you think, man, I can't wait till he gets done. I'm hungry. I want lunch. Y'all know a Pentecostal preacher is, a, is, is one of the shakiest people in the world. Amen. Fearful. Did I do the right? Because we, we step out on faith. Amen. Insecure. Man, I'm just preaching this. I'm hoping to God somebody gets a hold of this and runs with it. I hope somebody starts remodeling when we leave here. I'm tearing some walls down. I'm bringing the wrecking crew in. I'm not staying in this little room anymore. There's too much that needs to be done. There's hungry, desperate individuals that are looking. You know, people's church shop. You know, they just, you know, there's people left here because we don't have the programs that, that they have at some, whatever it is, Church of the Refrigerator or some, somewhere. But they got better programs, you know. I'm like, I'm sorry, we're working on that. We're, we got to get our new building building. We have to have our new Sunday school. By the way, thank you, every one of you that volunteer for Sunday school because it's a challenge, I understand, in there because we don't have the space. But we're doing the best we can with what we've got. And if we get enough, we get more people just like you, then we'll have enough money to build what we need can't wait to that open house, Brother Johnson, where we can invite people from all over this country and say, just come by and just see what we have to offer, and maybe we can compete just a little bit. But in the meantime, God's looking for people, amen, that, that's spiritual enough in depth. That is, you know what? The, the, the Spirit's moving here, and, and God's doing, you know, surgery on me, heart surgery, and so I want to join the team. You know what? When in the Bible you read, you read the scripture, you'll find God, amen, he was with the underdog every time. The armies of the enemies would be thousands and thousands. You have a little handful of, uh, of these Hebrews and, you know, here there, and God said, no, no, I'm going to give them to you. You go take them. Like, wait a minute. No, no, you just go and I'll be with you. That, that still works today, folks. If you, have to, if you think you have to have fancy facilities with stained glass windows, amen, and double-decker buses and all the programs, and you know, if you, have, if you think you have to have that, then you missed it. It's not saying anything wrong with that, amen. But if you have all of that and you don't have the Spirit of God moving and somebody preaching truth, and teaching truth to you, you've missed. In fact, we can lose our next generation. Okay, we're going to work on that school. Amen. Some of you other moms, amen, we're going to work on that school. Hallelujah. We're going to start with what we've got. You know why some of you, amen, amen. Bobby and Connie, amen. Some of you are concerned about shipping your kids off 
to the public school that's asked God to leave years ago. You can't pray that. Well, you can pray, but you can't do it publicly. You have to hide somewhere. You can't read your Bible. I know some of you do it anyway after hours. There's programs, understand. But, you know, basically the thinking is, you know, they've, they've told God to get out of there. And let me tell you something. Listen, it seems like every time we read the news, somebody else is getting shot. And they ain't got it yet. They think if they just take all our guns away, they just cure all of that. There's always been machetes and axes and people want to kill somebody, they can do it. I won't get off into all of that, folks, but listen, it's a scary thing to put your kids on a bus or drop them off at the school. You don't know what they're going to teach them. You don't know what kind of spirit they're going to, every kind of mixed up, messed up, amen. So guess what, amen, we're going to start in this little room that we've got. We're going to start kicking some walls down. We don't have much here, but we're going to do with the best we can with what we've got. And you know what God will do? God will honor it. God will bless it. We can build something here for the next generation. Let's not turn our kids loose to the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Many, many years ago, I went to Dallas with a whole group of teachers and people and, uh, to go through the training for the Accelerated Christian Education. That was the popular thing back in the, in the 70s and early 80s and, and went over with a busload and, and, and the old doctor, he was a Baptist preacher, the one that founded the, you know, the curriculum, the, the school program. And he said, you know what? He said, I never will forget this. He said, he said you know, if you think you're going to take your kids and send them to Egypt schools, you think if you're going to have Jews, he said, you're, you're sadly mistaken. He said, guess what you're going to get? You're going to have little Egyptians, amen, if you let them train them and let them. It makes sense, doesn't it? Amen. We let the world, listen, they'll be involved in everything in the world other except God's work. There's sports of all, I understand all of that out there, and I'm not preaching against all of that. Amen. But listen, you get tied up in all of that, you'll be at church just about this much. You'll be looking out a little window the rest of your life. You'll lose your children if you don't watch out. If you turn them over to Egypt. Amen. Narrow windows. Amen. Little rooms. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But, but, but we refuse to wall ourselves in. That's the, that's the spirit I'm trying to preach here. These little old rooms, self-centered, selfishness, along with a spirit of fear. Oh, if we go out, we're going to... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, yeah, we can fall flat on our face. We can get hit by an error. Amen. We have to tear down these walls. We have to do that. Not only is it hard for errors to get through narrow windows. Let me lighten up just a little bit. Amen. It's hard for the sunlight to get through. And when you need some fresh air, I, you know, I came from the South many years ago, and, you know, back before, not too many people had air conditioners, and, you know, you had an attic fan, a window fan, you opened the windows up. It was, it was really, really important to be in a room where you could open a window on more sides than just one. Like, if you had a corner room, my brother and I slept in the same bedroom, and, and we had windows on in the corner, so you could catch the breeze coming from... And on those hot North Louisiana southern, you know, nights, man, you if you got a breeze, man, it was like it was heavenly. Think about it. You got a little old window somewhere, you suffocate. The air just can't get in there. There's no ventilation. Hallelujah. All kinds of reasons. We need some sunlight. We need a little air. We need a little oxygen in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we gaze out at the world through those little windows, there are things that we see, but we don't see enough of them. We only catch the glimpse of those things. Amen. Just a little of it. Yet we tend to believe that the whole world is what we see out of our narrow windows. Kind of seems like it, the way it works. All of the blue sky there is. It's what I can see from my narrow point of view. 
Just not, no, no, no. No, folks, there's a lot of beautiful blue sky. And we're just looking at it wrong. Hallelujah. All of the green grass in the world is that one little strip that I can see out of my window. I've been to places where that's the way it was. You squinch and you look. Amen. There's not much to see. But there's so much more out there, folks. Listen, we've all been hurt. We've been disrespected. We've been let down by people. And we tend to say, we tend to do this. Amen. I remember how they treated me. Whether we say it verbally or not, it's in our mind. I remember what she said. I remember what they were like. I mean, that's one of our problems, folks. Amen. We're always remembering what we ought to forget, and we forget what we ought to remember. If we're looking out little narrow spaces somewhere. Amen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, he said, remember, such were some of you. And he just named a bunch of things like fornicators and adulterers and heathens. And he said, such were some of you. Hallelujah. He said, but now you are washed. Now you are sanctified. Now you are, how did that happen? Amen. Somebody opened up the window just a little bit. Amen. The Holy Ghost moved in. In the name of the Lord Jesus. By the Spirit of our God. That's how it's done. Amen. And I've, and I've, got, to, I've got to close as soon as I can with this right here. I don't want to bore you with this. I think you get the idea. I've, I've got to get a broader vision. I've got to see. The Bible said without a vision, the people perish. I've got to see better than I'm seeing now. I've got to understand what God is trying to do in this world in these last days. And so I need the Spirit. I need the guidance of the Spirit. And let me show you one more example. Just tons of examples. Amen. Amen. Uh, when Jesus returned to his hometown, a little town called Nazareth, and the people heard him speak in the synagogue, the Bible tells us that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man this wisdom and this mighty works? In one place they said, we've never heard anybody speak like this man. But Matthew 13, amen, verse 55, watch this, if we have that. Is not this the carpenter's son? Listen to their response. Now, they'd already said, man, this guy's awesome. We see the power, we hear his voice, and, and it's, just, it's just unbelievable the things that he's, we've never heard anybody like this. Amen. It's not this the carpenter's son. It's not his mother called Mary, his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. Hey, look, look at this, this guy, verse, verse 56. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? Verse 57. Watch this. I'll just take the first part of it. And they were offended in him. What was it that he did that offended them? Is it, is it, did they get offended because he healed somebody? That he blessed somebody? That he spoke good positive things to somebody? I mean, but that's what the scripture said. Verse 58. I love this verse 58. And he did, this points out some things, folks. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Here he was on display. God in flesh. That's who Jesus was, by the way. He was God manifest in flesh. They saw him, admitted that they'd never seen or heard anything like it, but yet they did not have faith because the familiarity, they knew his mother, they knew his dad, the carpenter, they remembered him, amen, and they, they just could not accept it. I'm going to tell you, folks, our Bible study people can tell you, amen. I, I preach this, I preach it, you know, and I, I say it a lot, tradition is the toughest thing that we're ever going to have to battle. We ever get started, amen. You know, that's why when childhood, a certain age, or small, they call it the formative years. That's why they call it. The Catholic Church used to say, give me your children until they get like eight. You give us your kids until they get to eight years old. Guess what? They will always be a Catholic. What are they talking about? They understood that they formed them. In those little Bible studies and catechisms, and, and, and they trained that, that child. He had formed his opinion by the time he got eight years old, and he was a Catholic for the rest of his life. It's called tradition. And so it doesn't matter if you start in a certain religion. It's really, really hard to break out of that, whether it's right or whether it's a false doctrine or something.
doesn't matter. People hold on to those traditions. This is what happened to these people. They said, you know what? You know, this guy, you know, he's here. He sounds awesome. It's powerful. Amen. It doesn't make a lot of sense, folks. But there are people that could be healed in our prayer services. Let's, I'm, I'm about done. Why don't we stand together? And I need some music up here. Help me out. Make me look spiritual. Sound spiritual. Hallelujah. Think about it a moment. There are people that could be healed in our prayer services, but we offend them with our worship. They know there's power here. But you know what? They'd rather be sick than to shout. <laughs> I ain't doing that. I'm not acting good. Listen, let me tell you something. I've been sick. You know what? I, Nicole, I was, last night I'm laying in my bed. And I'm, I don't know if you know this, but preachers do this. I'm, I'm running this message over in my, in my mind, Brother Solomon. And I, and I, and I knew I was going to get to a part at the closing where I'd say some, some way, you know, we, we can be healed. We can be delivered. A sharp pain. <laughs> Brother Diaz, so good to see you. Hallelujah. Beautiful daughter with you. Amen. A sharp pain, Sister Carol. I'm talking about sharp. It came up my in. Now, that wasn't a muscle. I can tell a muscle pain. It was deep inside of me somewhere. It was like it was some vital organ or something. Uh, it was sharp. But you know what? I knew what it was. I didn't know which part of my body was, but I knew who was causing that. The enemy, you start dabbling around, and I kind of think that's what we're doing right now. You start dabbling around with spiritual things. You start talking about how powerful God is. Not just at random. No, 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 no. Sister Allison, how he can bless you and heal you and set your feet on the high. Then that wakes up the enemy. I share almost everything with my wife and she's laying right there, not very far. I could just reach over and touch her with my hand. I almost said, you know, just pray for me right now. I'm in severe pain, Brother Harry. But I, but I diagnosed my own situation and I said, you know what, devil? I'm gonna preach this tomorrow if they have to wheel me in on a wheelchair. I'm gonna preach this and tell people they can be delivered. And when I did that, the pain left. The pain left. You know what? You can play games with the, you know, with the enemy, and you can, uh, you can just be a Christian, you know, on a shelf somewhere or stuck in a little narrow room. You, you can do that if you want. The devil won't hardly bother you. <clears throat> in fact, I know Christians that don't even believe they're in a devil. They don't believe the devil exists. My question is, like, well, do you believe the Bible? Oh yeah, we believe the Bible. Well, the Bible tells us there is a devil. No, you don't believe the Bible either. Cause in fact, Jesus talked as much about the devil as he did just about anything else. He cast out demons that possessed people and overpowered them. Oh, yeah, and he's still around. I don't want to glorify him and give him very much time in here. But we do need to know who our enemy is and he's real. Hallelujah. You know, we, we're going to talk about... Uh, amen. Really, really doing something. I don't know if I can get this right here. But I'm talking about coming out of some narrow rooms. This wasn't in my plans, but I just thought I'm gonna do this right now. And now you're gonna hear a, you're gonna hear a real southern accent. My my, one of my brother's sons, Sidney Curry, uh, here this past week, he his he went into severe pain. It was his appendix. They ruptured. Uh, he, they rushed him to the hospital. They went and when they went in, they found out that he had this big mass. Big as a grapefruit inside. They had to take out, I don't know how much of his colon. And they were all afraid. And it all looked like to the doctors, you know what, it's all cancer. I called him up. I didn't get a chance to talk. He just went straight to his voicemail. And I said, Sidney, I said, son, your Uncle Charlie, I'm going to be praying for you. I said, we're going we're gonna to pray the blessings of God, the protection. I forgot what all I said. But I said, you can count on it, son. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be praying for you that God heals you and things go really well for you. 
And so we text back and forth a couple times after that. I don't know if this is going to come in. He just sent this last night. No, it's not coming in real good here. Can you get, yeah, here it is right here. Get my volume up. I'm sorry. You need to hear this. Charlie, Sydney. I just want to tell you I love you. I appreciate you praying for me. I ain't got no cancer or nothing. Everything come back clean. (laughs) All right. Now, here's what I'm getting at. We can just shout about this and that, but this, this, is, this is the part we need to get. You know, Brother Ruck, I can't get over Brother Ruck's uh, testimony of praying from the guy, pray, praying for the guy, his neighbor that has cancer or had cancer, cut his face open, opened him up, took his eyeballs out. I mean, it's gory. Amen. Went in and took out the cancer, closed him back up, I mean, what a horrible, horrible thing to have to go through. But then the guy said, they, the cancer's back. Cancer's back. Brother Ruck's his neighbor, and from 30 feet away, prayed for him. The guy went to the doctor. Hey, no more cancer. It's all gone. 30 feet away. Here's what I'm getting at. Here's what, I, here's, here's, what, here's what we get at. Here's my whole point. I'm not trying to make any points around here for me. Amen. But I, I want you to understand something. Here, here Brother Ruck prays for a guy from 30 feet. Here, here I prayed for a guy, my nephew in Jennings, Louisiana. I don't even know. It's close to Lake Charles. I called the Lake Charles Church, and the guy said, I'll send somebody or I'll go myself. And by the way, he did go, and Sidney thanked me for sending Brother Crumb. Amen. And prayed for him. Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm happy to get people around these altars, Brother Green. And I know, Brother Thompson, the Bible said, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, and they shall anoint them with oil. If there be any sins committed, they shall be forgiven, and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be healed. And so I understand that. We're not going to stop doing that. But, but if you want to expand this room, if, if you want to open up this little narrow window a little bit, God will heal people as you pass by, amen, and and pray for the guy 30 feet away. God will heal somebody if you pray for him over the telephone in another state somewhere. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes, you you know, even though the world looks down on us and thinks we're crazy, we're still kind of proud of our running the aisles and getting excited and and uh, you know, we, you know, we, if I could just get you in my church, well, that's that's all good. But sometimes it's a cop out. Sometimes it's a. Sometimes that's that's us just hiding in our little room somewhere, with a window that doesn't let any sunshine hardly get in. No breeze comes through there. We can't see the the sky. We can't see but just a little strip of grass. There's not much going on. If I can just get them in, if, if I could. No, 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 no. God is so big. He is so awesome. He is so merciful. He is the great healer of all disease. Why not let him out? I believe God wants to do something right here. What key is that? Won't you try it? You just have to follow me. Hallelujah. You're good, Melissa. You can do this thing. <laughs> We used to sing an old song, reach out and touch the Lord. Remember that as he goes by? Listen, remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passed. Sing by this moment your needs to supply. So reach out. 
touch the Lord as He goes by. Oh, reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You'll find He's not too busy to Come join with us. If you'd like to come to the altar, that's all right. Reach out and touch him. As he goes by, you'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment, your needs to supply. Amen. Our guests, you're welcome to come with us. Amen. You're welcome to come. one other thing. Amen. And why don't you right now, amen, reach over and touch someone. Join, if it's appropriate, with someone that's near you. Let's pray one for another. I want an expansion, expansion in the room that I've been living in. Amen. I want to think bigger. I want to dream bigger. I want to believe bigger. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to me here. Amen. You're going to have the critics, always have had. You're going to have the unbelievers, always have had. Nothing, nothing different. You're going to have people that's going to say negative things and ugly things. That's always been. Amen. Amen. But think about it. Listen. When, when, those, when Jesus went to his hometown, Nazareth, this is just to add a little bit more reassurance and framework to what we're teaching here. We're not the only ones that have to deal with this. This was Jesus, folks. This was God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. But but they got offended with him, and they wouldn't they wouldn't worship him. They wouldn't accept him. They wanted to push him over the cliff. Didn't like him. Amen. Think about it a moment. They criticized him. They didn't accept him. But he was the one that had never told a lie. He had never stolen anything before. He had never cheated. He was without sin. They could not pin one thing on him. Nothing. They could not say that he messed up and backslid when he was just a boy like happened to me. They couldn't say that about him. They could not find one single fault with him except that he challenged them to step out of those little rooms of tradition that they had built for themselves. They didn't recognize his divine presence. He was right in their midst and they didn't know it. They didn't know the time of their visitation. He had come to them, not because they deserved it, but because they lo he loved them and because they were his children. That's, that's the reason he came. And that's the reason that God is in this room right now. We certainly did not deserve this. We can't merit it. We can't live good enough and holy enough, amen, to deserve this. Amen. So we're just simply saying, amen, out of his goodness, out of his mercy, he came anyway. Amen. So why don't we reach out in our spirit and just touch him because he's passing by this way today. Hallelujah. Pray one for another right now. 
If y'all want to sing that again, that would be good. Holy child, and touch the Lord as he passes by. You will find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes. One more time, one more time. Let's sing it. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. Passing by this moment, your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's not forget. Amen. Continue to pray for the high end family. Brother Green and I did make our trip up there a couple days ago, Friday, I guess it was. Amen. Saw some of the family members. Amen. Promised them that we would pray and be willing to do what we could for them. I think they may be on their way back today. I think they said Sunday would be. That was the last word. Amen. Don't forget, folks. Don't forget. Amen. One way to kick out some of those walls, enlarge some of those windows. Brother Johnson already said it. Amen. Get, get this bulletin here. Find out what's gets a start at least. Find out what's going on in the church and around the church. and Connect yourself up with it. You know, I've seen them many a time. Many a time. I'll make a confession to you right now. If I'd have just been a kind of hanger owner, if I just came in to get my little blessing and then leave, and guess what? When the winds and the storms hit, I'd have been blown out of the, I'd have been, I'd have been out of there. Amen. But because I had a responsibility, because not only God, but the people were depending on me to do my little part, amen, that I had volunteered to do, and so I felt that obligation, so I would just go to church. It didn't feel like going, didn't want to go, would have rather stayed at home, but I had a job, I had a duty. So, so let me encourage you, amen, for your own good, amen, get connected up, amen. See Sister Melissa about platform and singing and worship and, and uh, see the Sunday school, amen, about helping with our teachers and, and uh, or with our children and all kind, outreach, Brother Thompson, just all kind of things. Hey, nothing else. I'm going to tell you what I enjoy do. I enjoy coming over here and getting a vacuum cleaner and just joining in with the crew that has signed up. Amen. Volunteered just to work on the church. And, and we have good fellowship. I get a chance to talk with people that I don't normally get to talk to very much. Amen. And so just, it's just a connection. So don't be just independent, hanging out there, coming and going when you get ready. All right? Amen. Hallelujah. And God will help you and bless you. And that, what you do, will bless us. So I'm trying to get something out of you, but I'm also trying to give something back to you. Hallelujah. Great seeing you today. You're wonderful. You're awesome. I'm glad to have the opportunity to be a pastor to you. And so if I can help you in any way, amen, we'll be delighted to do it. Amen. Thanks for coming today. Make sure you shake hands with somebody around you, especially our guests. Amen. <clears throat> Somebody, amen, said hey, their, their, their hand was sore when they left here because people shook their hand. Well, make their hand sore. Amen. Just make them sore, you know. Make sure they know that we appreciate their presence. God bless you. Dismissed. Jesus' name. <laughs>